Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is made possible thanks to Black Ballad's membership community. To find out how to join our community of professionally ambitious, socially conscious and culturally curious black women, visit the link in our show notes. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Black Ballad Presents, The Survival Guide. As ever, I am your host, Jen Della Benson, head of editorial at Black Ballad. One piece of advice that I received in my early days of motherhood that I make sure to pass on to my friends when they need reminding is that your child isn't going to be good if you're not good. Motherhood is sacrificial in many ways, but if we're going to keep it 100% real, martyrdom only gets you so far. If mentally, emotionally and physically you are not at your best, your parenting isn't going to be at its best either. Children need happy and whole parents to have the best shot at a happy and whole childhood. And this is where my next guest comes in. So I am Nahanda Truscott-Reed. I am also known on Instagram as the Soul Mama Coach. Um, I'm a mother of two and I'm a holistic wellness coach that works to support women from preconception all the way through pregnancy and postpartum and into motherhood to really thrive. Another thing I say time and again and if you're a long-time listener, you would have heard me say this at least twice, is that childbirth means two people are born, the baby and the new mother. Entering into this new phase of life can stir up a lot of old things too. Many of us begin to reflect on our childhoods or have new perspectives on ourselves and our experiences. Sometimes old traumas are re-triggered or things that have long laid dormant are reawakened within. That's exactly it. The words that you use there, that kind of reawakening or a rebirth, like I see motherhood as a kind of gateway or a portal to deepening our awareness of ourselves, but also ourselves beyond what we've collected in our kind of surface level life, right? But the deeper kind of spiritual aspects, the emotional aspects, the inner child aspects. And often we've managed 
manage to kind of find the coping mechanisms that get us from A to B on the everyday. And as you say, motherhood is an unearthing, not only just on the physical level where you're giving up your body and you're kind of giving that over that sense of control or knowingness to this new unfolding of new life. But then there is all of the things that you've thought that you probably got over that then start to come out of the woodworks. And I think because of that, we need to really reframe motherhood as being this sacred time and a real opportunity for our deepest awakening, transformation and healing. And so that was my experience. And that's what led me to kind of realize like not many women are giving ourselves the space and the time and the resources and the support that we need to navigate that in a way that feels held and and doesn't put us out of alignment to the point where we are then entering into pathologies or imbalances that show up in potentially negative ways right so that's been the work that's what I call the soul mama journey is that kind of that deep mind body soul awakening um and actually honoring all of those things and actually giving space and breath and time to actually going through those things rather than just being like let's put the can back on as soon as possible you know it's like let's just let's just go through it A lot of cultures around the world often have post-birth rituals where new mothers are cared for and given space to heal physically as well as adjust mentally and emotionally to the new season in their lives. We talk about this more in the fourth trimester episode of the first season of The Survival Guide. But the fact of the matter is that modern motherhood often means that there isn't that much space or time or even support to pay attention to ourselves, our needs and what is happening internally post-childbirth. Some of us just feel like we don't have the space to look after ourselves. So... It first of all comes to the recognition in ourselves that one, we are worthy of our own time, that two, we are in a position where even if we don't have help at hand, we deserve to be able to communicate what we actually need, right? And so that may be in the immediate term, you know, in that new mother stage, that might be actually having somebody physically on hand to actually support you through that and actually ease that postpartum period. But beyond that, because I deal with the kind of continuum of of the motherhood journey, beyond that, it's understanding if I'm struggling or if I'm feeling overwhelmed, part of that is what is the flaw to do with society, right? We live in a space and in an age which doesn't honor motherhood. It doesn't honor the natural makeup of the family, right? And so we have to claim that back for ourselves. And it comes from recognizing where are we giving up our power? Where are we giving up our time? Where are we giving up our agency? And where can we afford to start pulling that back so that we can be in our strengths, so that we can show up in the ways that we really yearn to for our children, for our partners, for our families, for our work, you know? Um, And realizing that if we're struggling, it's not a personal flaw. It's not a weakness. It's it's something that is an antidote to, or a symptom, sorry, of this society, which I believe is broken and flawed in its setup, where it's expecting us to work like we don't have children and then show up for our children like we don't have work, right? It's like, we can't do both. We can't do it all. So how can we give ourselves back that space and that sovereignty to actually 
give ourselves what we need. And if we can't give it to ourselves, how can we ask for it and get support? And so that's kind of the role that I see myself in as a coach for women is holding that space for them to uncover some of these things. One of the ways that I have forced myself in the past to create space and show up for myself is by going to counselling. Sometimes it's been the only 50 minute slot in an entire week where I feel like I've slowed down enough to pay attention to my emotions and my needs. And though delving through past traumas and addressing the pains that we've ignored for so long is far from relaxing, overall it has made me a healthy individual. And those post-therapy emotional exhaustion naps are the best I've slept in a long time. Anyway, during my counselling sessions, my mum and our relationship has come up a lot. Our first reference point for parenting is often the ways we were or were not raised. But it wasn't until we published an article on Black Ballad by N.K. Aroni that I was introduced to the concept of the mother wound. The impact of fathers, whether present or absent, has been spoken about since the beginning of time. But it's only recently that I feel like the impact of mothers is really being examined. I asked Nahanda to explain the mother wound for those of us who are not familiar with it. For me, it's really understanding the things that we inherit consciously and unconsciously from our biological mothers, but also from the models of caring that we received as children. So it may be that we were adopted or we were raised by other mother figures who weren't our biological mothers, but it's it's that wound of our needs not being fully met by the caregiver who was our primary caregiver and it it registers on on different levels and so we can begin to kind of break it down on the personal level so like you were saying understanding and identifying that there are certain potential gaps or parts of the relationship with your own mother that kind of tend to be triggered in your own motherhood journey now that you're now kind of getting support to work through that's one level that's a personal level but then there is the kind of uh, collective level which is the fact that many of us as women are not getting our needs met and haven't had our needs met because we're living in a society where women have been um, kind of resonating in this subordinate position to men and then if you add race into that that's another level of kind of disenfranchisement and then if you add uh, class into that or financial you know access into that then that can be another level and so the mother wound becomes the ways that we cope in a society that doesn't fully embrace and elevate us and then that gets passed down in the ways that we model those behaviors to our children unless we are conscious and aware of them to then actually address them and stop playing out those behaviors right so it kind of it's it's linking to ancestral and generational healing but it's also recognizing that within us we have those latent things as well as those very potent things that are that are always fighting for attention in our lives. And so we have to, I believe, we have an invitation to get really clear as to what those things are and then how we can maneuver it so that we're we're acting out of our agency rather than our default, if that makes sense. That does make sense. But it also sounds like a lot of work. Bearing in mind that we all have our individual experiences and very specific concerns that we need to deal with, I asked Nahanda what the work of addressing our mother wounds can look like. 
Yeah, so I think it's it's really understanding the parts of your life that are working well and then being honest about the parts that aren't working as well or that feel out of balance or that feel like there is some lack in that space, right? And often it's realizing that that the root of that comes back to a sense of abandonment or lack of belonging or... Um, having not had our needs met in the ways that we expected to at the times that we needed it right and so then realizing that those uh ways that we respond so often we we're triggered by life in general but like it could be our partners it could be our children and i find that that parenting journey tends like we've just been speaking about tends to be this intense period of a lot of triggers and so then you start to begin to peel those back where you have an opportunity to peel those back and to trace them back to when did i first have that emotion what is coming up for me so, so let's take an example my daughter uh we're doing homeschooling at the moment we were just talking before we started recording right and she will make mistakes as any child will and i feel like there is like a body response that i have to control to not be like do not do it like that like you're doing it wrong it's not right like how many times have I shown you the right way either you've made it messy or it's not neat or there is like and it just kind of irks me and and so I've had to kind of sit with that outside of her and obviously not show her that and be like smiling like yeah babes well done keep going um but on the inside I'm like ah and what I kind of bring that back to is realizing like you know I never had space as a child to get things wrong I never had space as a child to make mistakes right and then if you bring that into a sense of well actually being a person of color in British society there's even more pressure to not get things wrong or to not bring shame to your parents or to look like you have the answers and to be you know top and front or center of the class or to go above and beyond in your job you know those things that are not even sometimes spoken but sometimes they are but we then inherit and realize like, oh, this is who I have to be to be successful. And so we adopt a way of being that is like, okay, I'm going to strive harder, or I'm going to work harder, or I'm going to push longer, or even though I'm tired, I'm going to ignore those signs in my body, because I have to be this person in this way. And then you realize that I could easily pass that on if I wasn't aware enough to catch it and be like, hang on a second, what's coming up for me here? What might need healing here? How can I heal my own inner child to say, actually, it's okay to mess up. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to make a mess of things and for things to not look all neat and perfect before you hand it to someone. Like, how can we actually embrace that, right? And so if you imagine that's one micro moment of the day, that on a level of like, okay, child is now uncontrollably crying. I'm feeling shame because we're in a public place what does that mean it means that I have had moments where I'm trying to prove that I have everything all together and again where did I feel that feeling first what words were spoken to me what unconscious mo models of behavior did I see in my home growing up that made me think that that was the only way that I I would be acceptable to someone you know and so it's kind of doing the digging to kind of trace these things back to the root and then also tracing it back beyond your parents to be like well where did they get that from 
you know, where did they, how were they raised in their homes? How did their parents speak to them? What was happening historically, socially at that time? How can I now offer forgiveness to my parents and not just laying the blame, right? But actually realizing that there is a process of reckoning that goes back beyond us. As Nahanda was speaking, I was literally getting goosebumps. Everything she said resonated with me so much. And as I've been re-listening and editing this episode together for you, I'm still struck in the same place as I was when she first said it. There were two things in particular that stood out to me. First, the idea of mothering ourselves as adults and attending to the child within us and their needs. And then there was the fact that this is generational work. There is a growing field in science called epigenetics, which looks at how our external environment, amongst other things, can affect the way that our genes work. There are many researchers looking at how the effects of trauma can be passed on intergenerationally. It's all fascinating and it makes a lot of sense and resonates very deeply. But at the same time, I just think it's not fair. I'm already trying to keep these kids alive and make sure that my bills are paid on time. I've got enough to deal with without undertaking trying to do this work on myself. I hear you. I hear you. And I hear the resistance. And I guess the way that I've learnt and and encourage other women to reframe that is like, actually, these little beings are giving us the opportunity to do that work in a way that will benefit them tenfold right so it's it's kind of like it's it's a burden and a blessing at the same time because that healing i believe goes far beyond ourselves right it's like okay why do i now have to go and fix this and do that and address this but actually our foreparents didn't have those opportunities they didn't often have the privilege of time the the space the support the resources the knowledge the books that all of the things that we have access to in our generation they didn't have that so we have a right and an obligation to actually go and do a do some of this work I say go but it's really a going within to doing this work in a way that will then free up space for our children to not have to continue that story right and that's what I believe is our deepest desires as mothers is is to break those chains of you know things that haven't been serving us and to create a future where our children can live their fullest self and and we can afford to do that too and if our parents happen to be still living we actually give an example back to our parents of actually this is what freedom looks like this is what healing looks like this is what forgiveness looks like and that can be really healing on a um on an obvious level but also on a very subtle level because there is a difference in the way that we show up there's a difference in the way that we move through our lives but also through society because we realize that we we no longer need to inhibit that story or that legacy or that limiting belief we can step into fullness beyond that and that changes everything I believe so yes it can feel like a mountain but it is worth climbing because the other side of that is like freedom there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Freedom sounds good, right? But it's easy to not even begin to consider the potential of a different approach to life when you're distracted by the world as it is now and the day-to-day. I asked Nahanda how she got started on her own soul mama journey. Well, the path that I see a lot of healers kind of coming from is is understanding where our own pain is kind of rooted. And so for me, it was really trying to understand from a natural health focus perspective, why was I not conceiving as quickly as I thought I would? And I had friends who were like getting pregnant, sneezing and being like, oh, I don't know if I want this child. And I'm there like, you know, I felt like I'd done a lot of healing work to consciously be in partnership with someone who was alongside me agreeing that we were going to create a different future for our children for our next generation you know neither of us came from two parent homes and we both said you know we want to we want to break that cycle we want to be committed to each other we want to be married we want to you know own our home we're wanting to do things that our generations before hadn't done and even just saying that knowing that for other races that's a standard procedure like there's that's not even a thing that's just standard but for us it was a really big thing because for me i had to go from you know projecting myself as a single parent or a teenage mom or expecting that i was going to have multiple baby fathers because that's what was around me right and then realizing that actually that's that's not just the only way and there's no judgment for people who are on that path but there is another way and that what is deemed as standard for others could also be standard for me right so that began that journey to kind of consciously deciding yes we're in partnership now let's go for this um conscious conception and then it didn't happen and I was like wait what this is not part of the story, right? I'm healthy, I'm doing all the things. And so it kind of started to unroot the deeper question, like what, what does motherhood actually mean to me? Like what, what is it that I'm perhaps still scared of or not ready for, or perhaps holding back, even though I'm saying that I want it. Um, and it started to bring back, you know, a lot of memories of my own childhood where my mum was single parent to myself and my brother. My brother was um, disabled at birth through medical negligence. And my mum was a soldier she had to be a warrior right like she had to fight the battles fight the court fight everything and I just saw that that energy outpour was a lot for her and she didn't have any support she didn't have my dad she didn't have her family she didn't have friends and I just thought 
motherhood is really potentially quite lonely, quite hard, quite a struggle. And I have this imprint that I want to heal before I enter into it for myself so that I can expand that and build upon it. And, and, you know, in gratitude and, and in honoring for the path that she's laid, but that's not how I want to feel every day. You know, like I, I want to experience joy. I want to experience beauty. I want to experience support. I want to experience healthy partnership. And so once I started to actually heal that and start to then add to the vision, like, well, I'm creating a model that I haven't grown with. So what would that even look like, you know, and actually start to actively seek examples and read and research and imagine and dream. And then once I started to on a mind, body and soul level, soften into that, yeah, I can do that. And I can see myself in this positive image. And I can claim that as being something that is for me and, and that I deserve it, then I conceived my daughter, right. And so that was the first breakthrough. And then I was like plain sailing from here. Pregnancy was bliss. Birth was intense, but good. Um, and then she came and then I was like super depressed. And I was like, whoa, I thought I had done all of this. What, like, why, why are we here? Um, and I realized then that it's like at the most vulnerable time, when you are with a young baby, where you are learning what to do and, you know, trying to show up in all of the ways, why are we then left on our own? Why am I at home on my own? My husband's got to go back to work. You know, everybody's busy with their lives. I was the first in my friendship group to become a mum. Nobody was really checking in past like, are you guys alive? There was just no, there was just nothing. And I was just like, this does not feel right. This does not this does not feel right. There was just a deep soul knowing that in generations past, I would have been surrounded by women and aunties and elders and being massaged and sung to and prayed for and cooked for. And just that was just like a grieving process that I was going through, which was just like, wow, we have come so far from the natural way of doing things. And motherhood should be like the most honored transition that a woman can go through and yet I'm feeling tumbleweed do you know what I mean I was just like this is just the antithesis of what I expected to feel and that's what led me to realizing no mothers need the support how can I learn understand remember train you know bring these tools into a into a way that I can support other women who are also going through this um, and so it took a few years um, and I started to host circles and work one-to-one and just that's continued until today. Whether it's imagining that what might be possible for others is also possible for you or whether you're trying to envision a world for your black child that nourishes, affirms and values them but also doesn't exist yet So much about motherhood can be an act of faith and keeping that faith alive can be hard at times, especially given the very real realities we live within as black people in the West. I feel like that's an even more prominent 
opportunity to dig deeper into that because all of the things that we held so um, strong to before are crumbling in front of us, right? You know, like, oh, you need to go out and get that good job. Yeah, all of those good jobs are now being made redundant because we're in a we're in a time where that isn't being honored anymore. That's not the thing that's being the most um, rewarded, right? So there is a space, I believe, to actually pause, right? When you're talking about how can we imagine something that we've never experienced before? Well, it, it comes from giving it time and space, which most of us most of the time don't have and we don't commit to. And yes, it can feel overwhelming if we've never taken responsibility to actually make those decisions actively before. But it also is what I believe is the bridge to creating that reality. And the last thing I'll say on it is that our kids are not these um kind of invisible beings in the midst that we have to kind of caretake and pour into and teach and provide for they're coming with their own knowledge they're coming with their own remembrance their own power their own imagination and so if we actually open to that as being a conversation rather than a top-down didactic authoritarian i'm doing all of this stuff for you they can actually show us the way as well. And they're showing that with their resistance. They're showing that with the things that they say are boring. They're showing that with the things that they would prefer to be doing. So how can we work together, you know, and actually make that a collective experience rather than taking that all on our own shoulders? Truth be told, I learn a lot from my kids already. One of the biggest things I've been trying to implement for 2022 is listening to my body paying attention to the cues that it is giving me and honouring my gut. I was inspired to do this by the way that young children communicate their needs and desires. As adults, we can see it as annoying or impulsive when your child decides in the middle of playing that they actually want to do something else. Or, I found it hilarious one day when my son stopped what he was doing and just shouted, I want to sleep, at the top of his lungs. But I found a lesson in that. Because even what you're speaking there is bodily wisdom, you know, knowing your intuitive self. When am I hungry? When am I tired? How often do we honor those cues in ourselves? When we're hungry and we're pushing way past three hours later, not eating, and then we're tired, but we can't sleep because we, we feel like we have to do and prove and show up and push through. And that's, you know, the main thing that I always kind of encourage women to do when we're on this journey together is like, what happens if you pause you know what happens if you just make space to actually tune into those things because we're often so so disconnected from those things that we're then projecting that onto our children and expecting and training them to disassociate from themselves as a sign of of compliance and being able to slot themselves into um behaving well quote unquote but actually that isn't behaving well, you know, like, and, and I realize that there's so many contradictions. And again, it's really important to understand the, the context of cultural expectation as well, because I realized that, you know, like what you said there, like my son could never say that to me. And actually I find that, you know, a lot of that is because there is a judgment of what we know others will say if they see our children speaking in, in certain ways and, you know, we've had that conversation at home as well where we used to see you know children publicly before we had our children and we'd be like that could never be our children that that could never that could never and there's that sense of like strictness being a virtue and you know subordinate children being a um 
yeah, like high up the hierarchy of a successful parent. And I've had to unpick so many of those things because I realized like, actually we're giving our children less freedom. We're giving our children less um, entitlement. And we, we think of entitlement as a potentially negative, but actually, I think it can be a positive because then it means that you do stand in your power. You do say, I don't want to do that. And yes, maybe there may need to be some nuances around how you express that and to whom and to when, but actually do, is that not part of the new world that we want? Do we not want them to be able to stand in their power and to have their needs honored by themselves and others around them when they need them to be? Um, and so when I see those things happening and I kind of feel myself from my childhood kind of patterning, shutting those things down I then have to kind of really question where like where is that coming from in me like we spoke about in the beginning and it's realizing that some of those values are not no longer what I want our reality to stand for do you know what I mean I don't want to raise a submissive person who doesn't feel like they can speak up for what they believe in or who can't interface with authority or who isn't an authority in and of themselves you know so then how do I start to pull back from my urge to control and to break down in a way some of those natural intrinsic ways of being and that's all part of healing the mother wound when we're talking about it. It's it's realizing those things as they're being triggered, as they're showing up, and then noticing how your inner child was met or not in that same scenario, and then how you can mother in a different way with a different response in the moment. If you're anything like me, you'll leave this episode feeling energized and empowered. Nahanda generously shared one more exercise that we can begin to do by ourselves right now to kickstart our liberation parenting journey. So I think it begins with the introspection work, you know, the actual real reflection. And that can be through journaling, that can be through, you know, coming into your body and actually showing your body the care that you didn't receive or, you know, affirmation work and mantra work to actually rewiring some of those negative beliefs as you identify them but really it's about bringing the perspective and the lens of which you look at your life further back than just yourself and often it kind of starts with us ends with us and in our minds we're kind of looking at what am I doing wrong what am I not doing wrong what am I good at what am I not good at where do I need to change something where do I need to fix something and it's actually just realizing that we are descendants along a long lineage that has had so many other things happen on it that have gifts for us as well as things to heal and so one simple exercise that I do with mums is to take an issue that's feeling particularly triggering right now or something that you know that you want to work on or something that you're aware that you want to heal. So it could be your relationship around finances or it could be your sexuality or your body image or your confidence or anything like that. And then you draw yourself in a circle, right? So you draw a circle and you draw your name in the middle and then you draw a circle above you representing your mum and you write your mum's name in the middle of that circle and then you draw a circle above her and all of these circles are interlinked right and then you draw a line down the middle and on the left hand side you're writing what about this topic did I directly or indirectly inherit from my mum and on the left side you're going to write down the things that are positive and on the right side you're going to write down the stories the beliefs the situations that are negative so to speak I'm polarizing but there is nuance of course and then you're going to take that back 
how much do I know about my mum's childhood and my mum's upbringing, my mum's adolescence, my mum's life before she had me and when she had me? What were her beliefs and her stories and where did those come from? And on the left side, what is it that was positive? And on the right side, what is it was negative? And then you go back again and you might need to actually have a conversation with your mum about her mum or her caregiver. And maybe you can have a conversation with your grandmother if she's alive. And it might just be kind of knowing about that generation and what the tendencies were at that time, you know? And again, you do the same thing. And then you make this conscious choice to amplify and awaken the parts of the lineage that you're wanting to carry forward that you are ready to gift onto your child whether they're a boy or a girl and you can draw a circle for them at the bottom and then knowing that the things that are on the right side the things that are you're wanting to let go and release that you get to make that decision right? Yes, there is epigenetics. You spoke about that earlier. There are things that we carry in our blood, our bones, our DNA, but we get to choose what gets active, what gets dormant, what gets, you know, uh, compounded, what gets continued. And if there are things that need to stop with us, then we need to make that statement and we need to, you know, energetically and spiritually sever the cords for those stories. And so it doesn't mean making a, a sever in the relationship necessarily it doesn't mean that you need to bring it up in person even but it means that you need to take a stand for that not continuing beyond you and so that means that when it shows up with non-judgment and with compassion and with with gentleness we notice it and we say i i recognize that story it's showing up again i'm hearing myself say that same word that i heard my mom say or i'm limiting myself in the same way that i saw that my mom did and i'm now going to actually choose to not do that say that you know react in that way and leave space for what would a more positive well strong version of that look like and so you begin to kind of write into your own destiny and heal the wounds in that way and so that can be a, a really powerful exercise that you can come back to and continue to repeat as triggers continue to show up in your life i'm so grateful that nahanda shared all of this with us if you're interested in her work make sure you follow her on social media at soul mama journey and definitely listen to her on soul mama podcast where she discusses liberation parenting decolonial practices and more of that good stuff with a range of guests thanks for tuning in to this episode of black Bella presents the survival guide if you have enjoyed this podcast i really hope you've rated and reviewed us by now tell everyone on social media about how fabulous we are and make sure you're subscribed wherever you usually listen to podcasts. This is a Black Ballad production and theme music for this podcast is by Darrell Banks. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.